Dickerson and Hood on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. Don't look now, but the NHL is about to resume on August 1st. They'll be back to playing games, back to being on the ice. It's going to be great to see. It's our pleasure to welcome in former NHL goalie and current analyst for the NHL Network, Kevin Weeks is with us on the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line. Kevin, thank you so much for giving us some time here on this Saturday. Um, what kind of shape do you think these players are going to be in come August 1st? Are they going to be in hockey shape to play these games? Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I mean, for the most part, everybody uh, that I've spoken to is uh, is feeling good and feeling healthy, in shape. And it also helps that the guys were able to get a little bit of a heads up as to kind of where this was trending. So, you know, for a lot of the players in the off season and even in season, but throughout the calendar, there's kind of a periodization. And what made this so unique is I'd probably say probably about a month ago, they didn't know if there was going to be an agreement. Uh, if so, when, how, where the virus is going. But I think once we got through a couple of phases of the return to play plan and a lot of the union membership from the player side, the NHLPA had been in touch clearly with the players and, the executive committee of players have been in touch with the players as well. Then word started kind of creeping out that it was at least closer to ratification. And with that, guys knew they had to ramp things up. So overall, I think guys, for the most part, are in good shape. Some guys are in great shape. And by the time the puck's dropped, everybody will be in great shape. That's my understanding. Kevin, this is a really um, tough time for everyone with COVID-19, but I would say that the NHL did a really good job of putting everything together to get to this point. How would you characterize uh, Commissioner Bettman and the job that he's done to try to get this league restarted? I mean, Commissioner's done an outstanding job. You know, he's the longest tenured commissioner in, in Major League Sports for a reason. You know, I've, I know him personally and I know him professionally. He's been a, a huge advocate of mine and vice versa. I know him and, and Deputy Commissioner Bill Daly, the same thing. Uh, they've worked around the clock and Donald Fair from the NHL Players Association, which is the Players Union, and Matthew Schneider and other people behind the scenes, different players on the executive committee, uh, Jonathan Taze being one of them out of Chicago, their, their future Hall of Famer with the Blackhawks and some other shall I say, uh, vested partners have been very involved. There have been a lot of people behind the scenes unofficially that have been a part of it. And what's unique about it, too, and I'm glad you asked the question, is it's hard enough trying to formulate a return-to-play plan in the midst of a global pandemic because, as I've been saying on the air, you know, number one, you need to have flexibility. But number two, you also need to understand that it's mother nature, father time, and a virus. And, you know, managing human spirit and people's health, factoring those things into it. There's just so much that goes into it with those logistics, right? And then your local and state health officials, NHLPA health officials, team health officials, and then the other health officials that our league has uh, has hired and experts that the league has hired as well and, and consulting with that. And then manager managing government officials, not only here in the U.S. Uh, from a, a federal or national standpoint, but each state has been very different. And then also back home in Canada, too, with a lot of the different Canadian health officials in different provinces and parts of the country. So all that to say, you have that. Plus, in addition to that, you do uh, an extended collective bargaining agreement, which will add four more years so of labor peace. So it, it was a huge undertaking. I'm glad you asked the question. 
Kevin Weeks is our guest on Dickerson and Hood. It's ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, or also on Sirius XM Channel 80. There was a lot of back and forth the last couple of months, Kevin, as you know about where these hub cities, these bubble cities were going uh-huh. to be. Do you think it was a good move ultimately to put both of them in Canada? Well, I mean, listen, I'm fortunate. <laughs> I'll tell you this. I'm fortunate in that I have three countries. Obviously, I live here. I played in the U.S. for 20. Well, I mean, I, between living in TV, it's been almost 20 years or north of 20 years, I should say. I'm from Canada. And then my parents are from beautiful Barbados. So I was raised in Canada, in Toronto specifically, my hometown. So I know that that, you know, our city back home in Toronto specifically has over 150 arenas in metropolitan Toronto more arenas than any city in the world so if you're going to be housing that many teams and you have that many facilities ice availability is not even a it's, it's a non-starter <laughs> like it's not even a question mark and then uh as far as the virus and my, my parents live there my sister's up there it's been managed exceptionally well there haven't been high rates of infection i mean depending on the day Toronto's the third most populous city in north america you know flip-flopping with chicago in terms of population so for the virus to be uh, basically managed as well as it has been and the, the low numbers there. And then if you go out west to, uh, to Alberta and Edmonton, Alberta specifically, being the other hub, they, they have the new rink. Their rink is world class. Their ownership group's done a great job there. Their health services there. I think as of five days ago, I was speaking to somebody from their organization, and they only had three infections in the whole city. So they've done a huge urban redevelopment there led by their owner, Daryl Cates of the Oilers. And guys, when you also factor in uh, the exchange rate right now, I mean, one U.S. dollar to one Canadian loonie is almost $1.40 right now. So if you do the foreign exchange on the dollar, it's pretty wild, and it makes it pretty advantageous for our league and for our players. So I think all in all, Vegas was the head runner for the Western Conference, and then uh, the virus took a turn. And as I told you before, Mother Nature, Father Time, and the virus, they kind of have their own timeline. And at, at really the 11th hour, it worked against Vegas, unfortunately. So I, I think it's cool. I think it'll be good. It, they're two great cities, and they love their hockey. And I think our fans in general are going to have an opportunity, more importantly, to see a lot of the greatest athletes in the world, and a lot of those are our players. So we're excited about it. We're pumped for it. Kev, one of the things about team sports is it's about family. When you're around mm-hmm. the players for such a long time, away from their families, you know, it's just it's about having a a kinship, that feeling of community within the locker room. And there are some players, as you know, across sports, including the National Hockey League, that felt like mm-hmm. because of COVID nineteen, we're going to opt out. So, as someone who's played in the league, what is that uh, that dynamic like? Because again, you want to be able to have all hands on deck on this restart, but some are opting out. It, is there good feelings, sour feelings about some of this? I mean, people are people, and I think, you know, everybody wants to be together, you know, every in an ideal sense. But we also realize that this is an unprecedented time with something that, you know, the majority of us in our age bracket haven't lived through before. You know, you may be able to, to listen to a parent or an elder grandparent or what have you in terms of what they've lived through in different parts of the world or here in uh, in North America. But every player has his or her or their own kind of dynamic and what the family health dynamic looks like. And it's interesting you ask, cause I've been saying this too, like some players, they have parents that are living with them. You know, maybe one of the parents is health compromised or health challenged. Maybe 
I know in the case of Travis Hamannick from the Calgary Flames, who opted out, I think he said his young daughter's health is compromised. Uh, there's some players who you know, may already have young kids and maybe a pregnant wife or fiancé or a significant other. So each player has their own kind of dynamics that they're dealing with. And you, know, you have to respect them on the merits of, uh, of that and how those things factor into the decision. It's not a perfect world right now by any stretch compared to what we're all accustomed to. So uh, you got to respect the decision, but it's certainly going to make for uh, it's going to make for some intriguing things, and I think that's definitely part of why we have uh, the expanded rosters for the postseason, for that very reason, to be able to offset that. Talk with Kevin Weeks on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. So, and Kevin, when this gets going again August 1, who's your favorite to win come the first week of October, potentially? <laughs> yeah, it's a tough one now because, I mean, everybody's healthy. That, so that's certainly for the most part today. Now, that could change by way of training camp or the early part of, you know, the play-in round, the round-robin round, and then into the actual traditional playoffs of 16. But if I'm basing it right now, I still say St. Louis coming out of the West. You know, I've been t- in touch with their coach, Craig Grube, who's done an awesome job with them. Jordan Bennington, their their stud goalie, who, you know, was all-world for them in Game 7, and then uh, winning on the road in Beantown, in Boston last year in Game 7. He was It was a performance for the ages, so... And not to mention, Vladimir Tarasenko is healthy for them now, too, who is their elite goal scorer. And they played exceptionally well without him, which is not a blight on him. It just speaks to their depth and their mental toughness as a team. So I think all things being equal right now, I would have to say St. Louis if, uh, if I've got to handicap it. Uh, I'm rolling for maybe a, a repeat for them. Kevin, uh, uh, one side note, uh, our producer Ryan Matlack from the Yukon Territories uh, asked a question he wants to know that it, should he buy extra uh, Timmy Ho stock, uh, Tim Horton stock, <laughs> with the with the abundance of foreign players flocking to the country? <laughs> I would if I were him. I would definitely do that. I, you know what? I definitely would. That's a buy. I'd be bullish on that buy for sure. And also, <laughs> Ryan, I don't know if you're sure, but or if you know this, but a lot of teams, pretty much every NHL team that I know, they all buy Tim Horton's coffee for that reason, and they have it in their locker rooms, and. Uh, both on the road, they'll carry it, and or at home in their respective teams. So whether it's Vegas, whoever, man, the Rangers here in New York, the Devils here in Jersey, whatever the case may be, a lot of teams buy it. But the fact that they'll be there, yeah, I think that there'll be an uptick in sales for sure. My dad's at Tim Hortons almost every day back home in Toronto. So <laughs> him alone, he helps drive that stock price already anyway. I think the price has jumped like 20 cents in the last 15 <laughs> seconds. <laughs> Thank I swear you, to Kevin. God, it's so wild. Yeah, no problem, man. Thank you. Thanks hey, for having me on, guys. 